0: Oh, there's a fucking train going by. Of course, I pressed record and there's a train going by. Let's just wait a minute. And hello. <sighs> Sorry that it's been 10 days since I uploaded my last podcast and my last podcast was me just ranting about nuts. Um, but I've, uh, I've been fucking busy. Um, and when I say busy, I don't mean with work that I want to do. I mean with work that I really don't want to do. Like temp work, like where I am now, 9 to 5, in an office, entering invoices, which is as boring as shit. But this is the hustle, and this is what you have to do for the love of the game. And I love the game. And, uh... I'm prepared to sacrifice this. And also, it doesn't really feel like sacrifice uh, at my age. Someone uh, explained this to me the other day, which was very apt, and I really keep thinking about it, I can't stop thinking about it, how your 20s, kind of, uh, like late 20s, it's kind of like musical chairs. Uh, and You just sit down on whoever you're with at the moment and then just get married and, and, and just stay with them because it's, you're 20, you're 27. Um, as you may know from previous podcasts, I'm not really about that life. First of all, I don't think anyone can put up with me for a long, long amount of time. Second of all, just don't trust myself to get bored with, with them. Um, not, not against relationships, but just I can't spend uh, the rest of my life worrying about kitchen tiles. Uh, can't. I gotta do. I gotta do. There's gotta be more. As Stacey Orico said, there's gotta be more to life. Then chasing down every temporary high. I hope I don't get sued, Stacy Orico. Don't don't sue me for that because Stacy Orico was my fucking life when I was 12, 13. I fucking loved her, and I looked her up on Spotify the other day. Not many followers, and like on her, I feel sorry for people that came up before like social media booms because like she, on social media she doesn't even. She's, she has a few thousand followers, and she's fucking Stacey Orico, and she's great, and she got me through my angsty, angsty teenage years. Well, she got me into the goth phase, and then I listened to, like, death metal and stuff, and then when I came out again, it's come full circle, and I listened to her again, even to this day. Um, so, yeah. Thank you, Stacey Orico, for the words of wisdom to, to young Meg, which now are paying off because I can't, I just can't, uh, I can't do the normal life pattern. I can't. So, so at the moment, yes, that has left me in a a temp job, uh, doing boring shit just to uh, pay the bills. But it's motivated me to get shit done at the weekends and in the mornings and in the evenings. So I now wake up at 4.30 every day, which is really fun, uh, and uh, go to the gym then so that I can uh, get out a, a banging session not a banging session, a banging session at the gym before I go to work. And then I I do feel good in the day when I do that. And I've managed to do it Monday to Friday for four weeks now. And it's been fucking great. So I'd also like to discuss um, tactility, if that's a word. I don't know if it is. But recently, it has been made apparent to me, well, not recently, people have been telling me this for years, I'm a shitty hugger. Like, I I don't, I'm not about hugging. Uh, I don't like, I I just don't like hugging. Like, I find it very strange that if someone comes up to you and just wants to press their body against yours and wrap their arms around you, no, I honestly, I probably do have a bit of an issue, but I don't even do that like I, I, well, I don't do it with my friends I read now they forced me so nowadays I do hug my friends and I do make an effort to make it like not just like a pat like a like a sarcastic pat on the back I do try and hug people properly um I don't really I don't hug my family really but not because I'm a cold bitch just because it just makes me very uncomfortable um I, I hug my family occasionally but like ve- like very occasion. no I no, I don't I don't uh and uh but yeah so my friends you know those people that can like sit next to people like okay so let me give you an example when people sit next to okay last night I got on the bus there was a whole bus free and uh, I had my knee not my feet my knee up on the the seat next to me and I was really comfortable and I was good it was going to be an hour-long bus ride I knew it And it was really fucking cold, and I was really comfortable. And I was looking through, scrolling through ASOS at all the stuff I can't afford, and I was gonna have a fun hour on the bus. This one woman got on, and she like stood next to the seat that my knee was on. And I was like, not to be a fucking snob, but I was like, dude. I looked at her like, really? Like, I'm not kidding. They were like, 10 other seats around us and it it wasn't like she wanted the window seat because I was in the window seat it wasn't like I there it was a very special seat next to me that was like extra comfortable extra convenient no it was just one of the seats that no one really wants but but, but she wanted to sit there next to me and I was like uh okay so I moved my leg and then she sat down and like spread out next to me <laughs> and her leg was touching mine, and I, I, like, I'm not a, I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but, like, just don't touch me, like, I'm not even comfortable when I'm sitting next to, like, a friend, and their leg is touching mine, why, don't touch me, like, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't, but at the same time, I will say, um, a lot of the, a lot of people have been complaining about manspreading, and, uh, I know what it is, it's, you know, when a dude sits, on, it doesn't, well, it, I, yeah, okay, okay, for the title, it has to be a dude for this, this, uh, Explanation to work. So a dude sits on the train and he like spreads his legs, you know, like like let his dick breathe or whatever. I don't know the point of it, but his legs are really far apart and and it it, it invades the person on either side of them's leg space, and uh I yeah, and I guess the idea is that women cross their legs and men spread their legs and it's like a bit un unfair, which I I get. Like, But also, I don't really cross my legs. If I feel like it, I would. But most of the time, when I sit down on the train, I sit like an arsehole with my legs spread and, like, really low down in the seat. But it's not because I'm being an arsehole man spreader. It's because, like, it's comfortable like that. I sit like that at work. Like, literally, I do. Um, But also, I don't think it's an issue... I mean, it's annoying, but I don't... I just fucking literally be like, excuse me. I I remember when I first heard that it was a thing um, and I was like, oh yeah, that's fucking annoying but every time someone's ever done that to me, I've just said, excuse me, can you move your leg? And they've been like, oh, sorry. I don't think it's like a, it, well, you know what everyone's different it probably is a wanky arrogant thing actually you know like when men ta- or anyone it's yeah it's anyone that takes up the hand rest or invades your space without like without any consideration of anyone else they're just arsehole people it's always going to be arsehole people I don't necessarily think they're being like hey I'm a dude look at my dick like I am sure some of them are but I don't think in general they are I think yeah but but if if they are in your way you have every right to be like oh excuse me excuse me it's fine. You'd be surprised how many people just, like, don't realise they're being an asshole, And then when you remind them, they're mortified. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if manspreading is that much of a... I know it happens, but it's just very simple to be like, excuse me, can you move out of the way? And then, then if they don't, then that's an issue. If they're like, no. <laughs> but I've never had that happen. I'm, I'm sure it has happened to many people. But like, that is a fucking, that's a fuck you. So you really, yeah, the, I understand people are massively pissed off about that. That's not funny. Um, But uh, yeah, I just tell people, uh, excuse me, in my politest way possible, uh, I have a bit of a resting bitch face. So maybe that helps when I ask people to do things. I already look like I'm going to murder them if they don't comply. But I'm not trying to do that um yeah uh interesting thing happened uh the other night i uh, went somewhere and uh met this new girl and i hadn't seen her before and she i was uh, people were coming in the door and i was like hey i'm meg blah blah blah, and they were like hey i'm uh, sally or whatever uh, a name and then uh then this one girl came in and i was like hey i'm i'm and i went to say my name she went yeah i know who you are i've seen skins and then walked past me, and I, like, and I was like, <laughs> okay, like, I'm not being funny, but Skins was 10 years ago, I don't walk around thinking I'm the girl from Skins, you know, it's a harsh slap in the face, I also don't walk around thinking I'm a fucking celebrity, and everyone should know my name, if, if 10 years of, of not doing anything major on television won't humble your fucking ass, then I don't know what will, <laughs> I do not walk around thinking people should know who I am. Uh, that's really not the case, but it's very, it was very weird. And I was like, right. All right, cool. And she'd walked off. So I was like, whatever. Later on, I was going to the toilet at this place and, uh, the, the girl was coming out of the toilet and she was like, Oh, listen, about earlier, I just want to say I'm really sorry. And I was like, Oh, okay. Um, Yeah, no, I just, I was just trying to introduce myself. And she was like, Yeah, yeah, I know. And I know that you, you know, you come to these kinds of things to get away from all that stuff uh, and you probably don't want to be recognized. And I was like, No, but. That- that's not, that makes me an arsehole, I wasn't the arsehole in this situation, you were the arsehole, you were like, oh, fuck you, I know who you are, fuck off, like, I mean, you didn't say that, but your uh, demeanour did, um, I was like, no, I just, no, I'm not I'm not like, oh, no, uh, please give me my space, I'm so famous, and it's so painful, I just want to be left alone, no, fucking fine, it's nice when I can feel relevant, but, because it's very occasional these days, but, but when I'm trying to introduce myself as my actual name, I don't know, I found it rude. Maybe I'm being an arsehole. Please uh, educate me if I am being an arsehole. But, uh, I, yeah, I just felt a bit like, oh, okay. Left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth. Oh, my God, that reminds me. When I was younger, <laughs> that expression, when I was younger, we when I was in my shitty uh, Catholic school who hated me, um, I we had a basket we sorry we had a netball team and all the girls at the whole in the whole school all we wanted was a basketball team but we weren't allowed because we were girls and they wanted us to play netball we weren't even allowed to join the football team because that's how progressive this fucking school was and uh so yeah so the the the, the netball teacher was like desperate for us to be good at netball and we were terrible We were all terrible, and I'm not being an asshole to anyone else. Everyone else in my class will guarantee, will, I guarantee, will agree with what I'm saying. We were shit. There was one time when we lost a basketball match, like, I swear, I think it was something like 15 nil. <laughs> but also, the girls they put us up against were like six foot three. So I was like, no, but that's an excuse. We were just shit. So the one time we won a match was a home game against. Um, Girls in the younger years, so it wasn't even a fair match, and they were pretty good, but like they were like three years younger than us, and then we, we uh, we played them, and then we beat them. We were like, yes, like, <laughs> screaming and running around the court because we we only beat them by like one point and if they were three years younger we really should have destroyed them but we didn't we just won by a little bit by the skin of our teeth and we were screaming and shouting so happy and like chest bumping and then after the other girls left our teacher was like you know if i was that other team i would have left with a bit of a bit of a sour taste in my mouth and oh that that expression just always reminds me of her and i was like oh i feel kind of bad now but like we're never going to win again if that makes anyone feel better and the team the year the the year the, the team a few years below went on to win many a match so now i don't feel bad but yeah that expression uh, gives me uh fond memories of my gym teacher uh who just was we we're just forever disappointed with us um so I like that expression. My school was very fun. I'd have, I'm being 100% sarcastic. My school was absolutely fucking awful. It was a it was a private school um because my parents thought it would be a great idea to get even further into debt. Uh <laughs> but but they thought they would be giving me a good education, so you know, their heart was in the right place. Um but uh, but yeah, turns out private schools at the time were less um they were inspected less often by things like Ofsted and stuff as uh normal schools were um and I went to a normal school for my sixth form loved it the education was so much better every the facilities were so much better because they were checked on you know I don't always think uh I don't don't ever think private schools are a good idea I'm not sending my kids to private school isn't that fucked up like Okay, so I don't know about England, but I know in America, because I was saying that to someone, I was like, oh, I'm never sending my kids to, to private school. And they were like, yeah, but if you're in America, the, the the state schools are not very good. Like, they really aren't. But in in England, the state schools are quite good. And I was like, oh, I thought... I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I am a completely ignorant about, like, the American schooling system. But I thought that, like, uh, you know, maybe the education the facilities were a bit better in private schools, but I didn't think they were, like hand over foot a hundred percent better um but apparently they are so I think that's really fucked up because you know in England I feel like if you are like you you come from like not a very well off background and you you really want to make it and you really want to work hard and you know you 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 at least have... You know, this is ignorant, right? I know I don't know much about this stuff, and I came from a... a fa- my, my family were like, fine, we weren't poor. But if you come from, like, not riches, I guess there's, like, the NHS that can support you if you get ill. There's benefits to help you out. And um, the school system is, I, I, I hope, in the most part... Not bad, but when I was speaking to people from America, they were like, "Oh yeah, if you're poor here, you just like can't get out of it because you know if you if you, you okay, so you're not going to have free healthcare, so that's going to be a drain on your family's finances if you ever get ill, and then you're not going to be able to afford to go to some fancy ass, very expensive private school, and therefore you might not get into a good college, and then if you don't get a good uh, if you don't get a degree, uh, you fucked like and." I found that so weird. Like, when I went to America, I assume I am ignorant. It just shows how ignorant I am because in the UK, I was always like, I never felt disadvantaged that I didn't go to uni. Like, I did go to uni, but for two weeks and then I was like, fuck this. Like, honestly, I know this is not the best advice to give you, but if you're doing a creative, if you want to be in a creative industry, don't waste your time with university. If you want to act, do not waste your time with university. Uh, Like, I know people that did drama masters And it just wastes your time until you're like, what, 26? And then it's like, okay, off you go into the real world and you have no idea about what it's actually like, actually acting and actually having to fucking go to auditions and be rejected nine to five and, you know, like... And I heard, apparently, as well, acting school... I didn't go to drama school either, or ready for people to look down their nose at me, but my parents couldn't afford fucking ten or however many grand a year it was with no student loans. So... If you want to look down at me for not going to drama school that's fine but it does tell me a little bit about your privilege um but uh yeah if you want to do something in a creative industry i can't speak for all creative industries but i do know that for acting it's not it's not the definitive thing and for me it's never been like if you want to do musical theater i think it's a little bit different i'm not in that world at all as you might have guessed uh but i think you do have needed to go to uh like musical theater school to do that I think otherwise really there's no chance but you know whatever but but yeah in in the UK I feel like you you can get places in creative industries without having university degrees um but in America I was like oh my god you're like I don't know if you can like well not as much I hope it's changing nowadays but it fucks me off so much because I'm like the thing is I'm gonna take some tea hang on before I spill the tea, um, the thing is, it's so funny because it's like a catch twenty two. Like a lot of people that went through shit in their life, and a lot of like great writers, great actors, um, great creatives, that creativity came from going through shit in their life, like not having privilege and not growing up like with a fucking silver spoon in their mouth, and that's where that creativity came from through going through life experiences that these privileged, rich people that have all the connections don't didn't have um and that so they have all the great stories to tell and the great the like the best skills and whatever but they never get a chance to express that because they can't afford to go to the expensive drama schools that get either connections and in in america anyway and they don't have parents who are producers and they don't have friends who can cast them in this and that but they they are better um And I saw it happen so much. Like, I've been on the other side of casting a lot and I've been like, oh my god, the people that have been through shit and didn't come from some fancy-ass drama school, they're better. Because it's raw and it's, like, from them. And also, when you absolutely have to do it, when it is your fucking passion, you are going to be better than someone that's just had it kind of offered to them. You know? And I always think it's very interesting to see actors who... I'm speaking very generally, gen- generally, and I'm really sorry if this uh, offends you, But and I'm so I am speaking generally. Obviously, this is not the case for everybody, but a lot of the time, I think, when I watch, like, American shows, I'm like, God, how, how did this actor get this part? Like, they, they can't act, it's bad. Or, like, how has this show that's been written so badly been produced? And when, living there for a year, I was like, oh, like, I think... I, I honestly... I used to, like, admire all actors because I'd be like, you know what? No matter where you came from, it is hard. It's a hard fucking thing to get into. But then then you hear of these actors and you're like... You find out, oh, their dad's a director or their dad runs a network or blah, blah. And you're like, oh. I mean, it's hard because if, if... People say to me, yeah, but if you had a kid that wanted to get into acting and you were a producer, would you not put them in your show? And I honestly... I don't think I would. First of all, I really hope my kids don't want to be actors because I'm going to be like a fucking mama bear. And if someone rejects my child, I'm going to be like, excuse me, uh, what's wrong with them? They're the best for this. You need to get your head, head checked. Uh, fix it right now. So I I could not deal with seeing my child get rejected to do something that they love every day. I really hope they don't want to do acting, especially because acting, the rejection doesn't always correlate to you know, it could just be what you look like, you could have this weird look, you couldn't look right for loads of parts, and then you get one part that you're perfect for, you know, shit like that, but yeah, when I was in LA, I was like, oh, like a lot of the people that are working, um, especially the younger people, they they just, they, they were born into that industry, so they never even really chose to do that, it was just like, I'm tr- I've been trying to think of a like a correlating like example since I got back and I don't think I can and I've never been to Milan so this is probably wrong but I uh, I'm I have heard it's very like fashion right so let's say let's try and have a comparison to Milan where like if you were a fashion designer in I know because London's quite fashiony as well in somewhere that is completely not bothered with fashion like the fashion industry is not huge you grew up in a tiny town in the middle of nowhere and then you became a fashion designer i would be like fucking hell like that's cool like you you didn't have the contacts you didn't have the opportunities and you fucking went out and you try and you found them um and then comparing that person to someone that grew up in milan whose parents were fashion buyers or like you know designers themselves like who had to work harder you know and also I respect the choice of doing something against the norm if you grew up in a farm town and you decided to move to LA and become an actor or a writer you that is some that takes some fucking guts but then when I was living there I was like oh I guess if you grew up here and you've always had this and it is just the norm it's like growing up in London and like being expected to to be, I don't know, like a banker or something. It's not like you're not doing. So, if you grew up in LA and you want and you become an actor or writer, it's not because you went against the mob I only realized. Probably this is probably not news to anybody, but I only realized this recently. I was like, oh, if you grew up in LA and like literally had parents and family who were in this industry and could help you and you know the money situation was good you're not really going against the the grain by becoming a creative like creative writer or an actor because that's just kind of laid out for you on a platter obviously, this is not the case for everybody in LA. I'm talking about people that live, you know, in like fancy parts with parents and family members who are in the industry and that could help. Obviously, there are bad parts of LA that are very hard to make it out of. And then, you know, then, of course, it takes guts and balls and whatever. But it is so much harder. And I just, I didn't realise that. I don't that's a it's probably a really dumb realization because probably everyone knew that but I just always thought all actors had to struggle and had to really fucking just ignore the naysayers as Arnold Schwarzenegger says and like really keep going no matter what anybody says and then I got there and I was like oh it's kind of not easy because obviously it's still hard for everybody but compared to someone who moved from like the middle of nowhere in rural America and like left left everything to try and make it i can't respect them the same as people whose parents just cast them in stuff I... and you know you know that that excuse only works so far like if you get if you get the opportunities and you're shit most of the time you're not going to get cast again so you know that that I know that I'm being a bit of an ass, but and, and probably sound pretty bitter by saying this but um, and, and you know of course you have to be good to keep getting jobs but sometimes you see an actor's career and you're like what's happened here because not necessarily like the most amazing actor but yet and then you find out oh yeah her her parents or her his parents are uh, producers or he, he's married to someone that does this or she's married to someone and then I'm just like oh it's so disappointing like and I'm sure there's like nepotism and whatever in all different kinds of of course there is and you know you want to help out your friends and family and stuff it's just it's just a a weird situation um that I came to a realization to that was a very boring portion of the uh the podcast this is quite a boring podcast episode so far but uh I'm not feeling very uh funny today I'm feeling uh just uh kind of mellow um I had a I had two emails this week not emails like direct messages on Instagram about and both from young girls that were saying hey like I really want to be an actor uh what do I do and I was like first of all (laughs) I love that you came to me that's really really sweet um I have technically been in the industry for like 10 or 15 years but I haven't I haven't been like working on sets anywhere near as much as I'd like to um but I can give you advice from being in a big show from a very young age like kind of thrown in at the deep end like it's weird because a lot of I got into acting because I wanted to tell stories um I always am obsessed with telling stories I always want to tell people stories and I wanted to do that on so that's all I ever wanted to do and then I kind of got into acting and I was like oh I guess I'm telling a story, but it's more that I'm being told what to say and how to say it. Um, And I I still fucking love acting. Like, I love it. But when I discovered writing, I was like, oh my god, this is how I want to tell stories. I want to tell stories like this. Um, And comedy has always been a huge thing to me that I fucking love. But the thing with acting is that I feel like if you have just acting and... You know if you're lucky you 'll get auditions and you'll you'll get work and it'll be fine it'll be great in the u k it is hard it is much harder than in America to make a living off of acting or writing because there's just not as much money in it there's no near as much money as it as there is in l a obviously because you know you know it 's the center of the world for over there um but you can do it. I know people that make a living from from acting not being huge but make a living from it in the u k but it's not easy like I don't I do not make a living I do not make all my living from acting I do not like I I write I do uh, diet and exercise plans I was nannying for ages now I have a temp job like you know and a lot of people by now would be like oh well you should just like get a real job and people have actually said that to me but my the thought of getting a real job nine to five which I do have at the moment but the thought of that being like okay that's forever scares me so much that I would actually rather be poor for my entire life than than not do what I want to do and not put out the, the creative stuff that I want to put out. Um, but I get that, that that's a weird opinion. Not a lot of people want to do that. And not a lot of people give a shit about stuff like that. And people think I'm being selfish by like following what I want to do and not just settling down. But the thought of settling down makes me actually want to throw up and run away. So... Yeah, the t- so I didn't reply to these girls. I need to reply to them. But I didn't really know what to say because I know how I was at that age. And no matter what you told me about acting, I would be like, no, I'm still going to do it because my fucking drive was always so huge. Like, I was going to do it no matter how hard people told me what it was, no matter how much misery it was going to... and how much rejection was involved in it, I did not give a fuck. I was going to do it. And I think that um, that, like, motivation is good. But I just think um, to, to stop yourself going insane, you should have, um, you should have another hobby, and try and make, try and find a way to make money from another hobby at the same time, because acting will never be continuous, unless you're, like, fucking gigantic, but until then, you're gonna have to find a way to make money in the meantime, and if you don't want to have a mind-numbing office job, you should try and find a way to make a passion, um, a way to make your money, and then that's the, that's the best way to do it, so I would say if you want to be an actor, step one, I, again, I don't know why people are taking advice from me, I'm probably not anyone's, uh, ideal <laughs> career, but if you do want to take advice from me, my advice would be this, um, so, so get some experience acting, um, like, create your own showreel, um, to see if you even like acting, like, you might not even like it, uh, you could write your own scenes and get, get a friend to film you doing them, see how you like it, um, etc. See what you feel like reading a script and learning a couple of pages from it and then reading it to a camera, see how you like it. Create a showreel. Don't pay hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds for someone to make your showreel for you. Like... Make, if if you really don't don't know anyone that can help you with it, like with literally, I made my, don't tell anyone this, but I made my last showreel in iMovie because at the time I could not afford fucking 400 quid to make a showreel. And also I was like, I know how to edit, well, at least in iMovie anyway. Um, I don't, and I just, the point is just to show people your skills. They're not concerned with transitions and like fucking production value of your showreel. They just want to see your acting. So, <sighs> once you've done your once you've uh, I, I would say write the scenes that you do as well because that would be quite cool and then you could have some experience writing and then if anyone ever says to you oh I like the scene in your showreel uh who where'd you get that from you can be like well I wrote it actually and then that opens up other doors um so yeah get a show reel together and then find actors that you really like the career of i.e not me <laughs> and look at who their agent is like like uh, find and don't ju- don't just carpet bomb every single agent you can find like you will have to email a lot of agencies um but you know ugh, that's the game right e- but don't just email them like a bog standard email actually email them telling them why you like them and why you'd like to work with them and think about yourself remember that they're going to be working for you you're not just this porn in other people's games this is your game so you get I feel like a lot of actors feel like they ha- and me a lot of the time or used to feel very very grateful that anyone would want to represent them or cast them or even audition them and you know it is you should be grateful but don't be like don't feel like you play no part in it like they need you too okay so if you go out and you make a shit ton of money acting your agent's getting a percent of that so you know if you are convinced that you're going to do that you you want an agent to know that and therefore their agent will want you it's not just them doing you a favor by representing you um but so therefore make sure you're asking people that you actually respect and that you like how they manage people um so I do that email like a, a lot as many as you can of them it's going to take a while but make sure you email each of them individually and why you like them and and who you like that they represent and don't just be like oh i want any old representation cuz no one really wants someone that just doesn't give a shit who represents them, Um, send them... Headshots, um, headshots. Some, ugh, sometimes they're going to be more expensive because obviously you can't just like take a headshot with your iPhone because it's going to be obvious. Um, but you know, lots of groups like um, Bossy in the UK uh, is if you're a woman is a great group to be a part of. And there's lots of uh, freelance photographers that are looking for people to do cheap headshots for. jally as well um, is great if you're a girl. It's a Facebook group, um, but I'm sure there's like Photographers UK that I'm sure you can. Find find someone that's willing to do a cheaper headshot now when you start doing like really big stuff you'll have to get professional headshots done but I mean these will be professional but they won't be like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pounds right you could probably get cheap headshots done for like a hundred quid or less if you find someone that wants practice doing it but then you have to remember that they're not going to be as experienced they may not have all the lighting equipment blah 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 but again please don't waste your money with people that just want to like suck up your money and charge you like 600 pounds for headshots because also headshots Remember, if you cut your hair or you lose weight, you put on weight, you change your hair colour, like you're going to have to get new headshots done. So as much as good headshots are great, if you are possibly going to change the way you look in the next year, uh, I would be tentative to spend half a grand on headshots. Um. So get some headshots and then send the agents that you admire and you appreciate your email saying that you're looking for representation and if their books are open at the moment. And hopefully, if they're not arseholes, they will at least reply saying yes or no. And, you know, out of a 100 emails that you send, you might get three or four responses. Don't be downtrodden by that. These people must get... Imagine they must get fucking thousands of emails. Um so it's not them it's not them rejecting you personally. Especially if you've just got into acting, it's gonna be quite weird. Like you probably have to get used to rejection. But not just rejection, you also have to get used to the fact that it's not them rejecting you a lot of the time agents won't take you on because they already have someone that looks very similar to you on their books and it wouldn't be fair to that client for them to take on someone that looks exactly like them because they're obviously going to be going up, they're going to make it less likely that that person gets roles, you know. Um, And it could be that they, you know, yeah, they have someone that looks like you or they have enough people of that age bracket or that hair colour, like really simple things that but it doesn't mean that you aren't good or your acting isn't good. And that's the same thing if you start going on castings. And I didn't realise this stupidly until I started working on the other side of acting where I was on the casting side and I was like in the edit with directors and blah, blah, blah and shadowing directors and producers. But I always used to go away from an audition and if I didn't get it, a lot of the time you're not even told if you don't get it. So you're left to like guess for for however long and then you just got to assume after a few days okay I guess I didn't get it then and that's shit too I think you should always get told no or yes but again they have so many people that they need to talk to and so they I still think there should be a no you didn't get an email Uh, but anyway that is not the case ninety nine percent of the time Um, but yeah I didn't realize till I started working the other side of acting that a lot of the time when you walk into a room if the director doesn't see the character in you like literally when you walk in this might be a bit shit but that you're not going to get the part and you might not look enough like the person they've already cast to play your mum or your sister or your brother you might uh like so many tiny tiny things can stop you getting a part that it makes me really sad that uh, that People and also I used to go away thinking, "Oh, if I didn't get that part, it's because I'm a shitty actor." It's the normally the last bit is that you're a shitty actor. Obviously, if you're a shit actor, you're not going to get work. But the the biggest reasons for you not getting cast in auditions is is because of like oh you didn't look enough like the mum or you know we already have someone in the script that has blonde hair and blue eyes so we don't want to have too many people looking the same um you know like it could be so many stupid little things but the, the sad thing is that they never tell you that so obviously as humans our instinct is to be like oh it's me i was shit i don't know how to do anything my acting sucks i should quit um but it's not so if you manage to get an agent go on an audition um then and you don't get it seriously like I've heard something like the ratio of going on auditions to getting jobs is like 14 to 1 and that sounds good to me like you know like I I haven't been in anything major for fucking 10 years and I if you don't that's another thing if you can do any or if you wouldn't mind doing anything else do it do do something else because the only way you're gonna keep at this and keep your passion alive and keep on is if you can only think of doing this and nothing else and there is no other option for you and for me there is no other option other than like fucking I want to do comedy I want to do writing I want to do acting that's all I want to do like on the side I'm like trying to make money off my passions like fitness and blah 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 but all I fucking want to do for a career It's writing, comedy, and acting. Or hopefully a way to combine all of them. That is it. And, you know, so that means as many times as I get rejected, I could get rejected for the rest of my life. But I know that I would be happier being rejected for doing something I want than getting everywhere with something I really hate. And it makes me so sad when I see people doing things. Obviously, that's me being privileged and fucking ignorant because I have somehow managed to escape to get by in life not earning very much money um but I also I also think it's because I I also don't spend anything because I don't give a shit I I never go clothes shopping all my clothes come from fucking charity shops thrift shops whatever and I'm not being like woe is me I actually prefer that I don't want to contribute to like obviously a bunch of my clothes are from like H&M or Primark all that shit and I'm sure they're all terrible um but Actually, no, H&M, I think, are less bad with the whole um, creating waste thing or, like, they, they've started recycling clothes or something. But whatever. But, you know, and I like... I love fashion. And, like, I mean, it wouldn't... Look, it doesn't... Uh, it's not obvious, but I do. But I always think, you know, one day I'll, I'll uh, get nicer clothes and... Uh, maybe but I mean that won't that won't make my life having nicer clothes and even when I look at clothes online I'm like yeah I could buy this or I could pay another uh like half a week's rent and I could you know it, it it's not important to me right now shoes and shit and clo- it's not important I sold fucking everything on eBay because I knew I was coming back to England and I was like no I'm gonna fucking I am gonna make it happen wherever I am I'm gonna make it happen and then hopefully I'm gonna go back to LA and then whatever but if you if your priority in life is like looking nice and having nice things and stuff and like physical things probably something in like a creative industry is not for you because there's not going to be a definite amount of money coming in every month you're never going to know what's going to happen next and to me that's why I fucking love it I I cannot imagine knowing what was going to happen or like the trajectory my career was going to be on for the rest of my life I can't imagine that I want to not know and I want to be surprised and I want things to change and I you know sometimes I complain and I'm like oh fuck it's terrifying but I wouldn't have it any other way you know Sounds super cheesy, uh. But I wouldn't. And uh, if I have to sacrifice having fucking, if I have to cut my own hair, fine. Like it's just hair. Like if I have to, you know, uh, wear the same outfit a couple of times or have one outfit for when I go. Ah, fucking fine. Like whatever. I'm I'm happy. I'm 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 happy. You know, whatever. It, if people spent half as much time time and money on clothes and stuff to pretend that you feel good and look good and spent more time and money on like therapy and you know their health like buying healthier food or buying a gym membership like so many people say to me can't afford a gym membership and I'm like I'm not being a wanker and like a privileged shit and being like, oh, everyone can find the money because obviously not everyone can. But I do think it's very rare that you'll find someone who's sacrificed literally everything else and still can't afford a gym membership. Like my gym membership, I'm at Pure Gym and it's 16 pounds a month, right? Okay, so that is the cheapest gym I've found so far. But people say to me, oh, I can't afford that. And I'm like, "But, but then they go to their work and then they eat out they buy something at lunch every day to eat and I'm like well that that is like two lunches could be your monthly gym membership you know fucking imagine how much even if you buy a coffee even if you buy a coffee every day before you go to work let's say it's 250 so that's uh so five pounds every two days on so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, five ten. So 12 pounds 50 a week on coffee and that's if you don't go at the weekends to buy coffee that's almost your monthly gym membership just on a coffee that you could have made at home if you buy a bag of uh, in, uh instant coffee's gross but i have um like a ground coffee and a french press because uh, i'm a fancy fuck and uh i make my coffee with that in the morning and that's like three quid a, for a bag of coffee which I still get annoyed about but if you get it any cheaper than that it's disgusting um so three quid for a bag of coffee that lasts me two weeks you know and then I can afford a gym membership you know I ju- I, I really wish people would prioritize themselves and their mental health and that before what they look like to other people you know spending fucking 35 quid on foundation I can't I can't like, you know, when I, if I, not if, when I start becoming successful and making money, yes, I will probably up the amount of stuff the money I spend on myself, but I just can't imagine ever prioritizing a foundation over my health, like my gym membership or being able to eat for the week. You know, people be like, oh, I can't afford to, to, to eat healthy. And I'm like, well, if you actually look at what, how much you're spending a week, on buying food out at lunchtime even if it's like McDonald's so it's not that expensive but if you actually look at the price and then you look at my shopping list and how I budget you know I could spend 20 quid on food for a week and it would last me a week I'm not I'm not kidding but because I'm like mindful about it and I prep and whatever and I know a lot of people don't have the time and say that to me but then I also think like if you don't want it enough you're not going to find the time I know people with kids and stuff it's very very difficult I do get that but, you know, not everyone can wake up at fucking 4.30 in the morning. I am privileged to be able to do that and whatever. But I feel it's, it's not me being selfless. It's me being completely selfish. Like I fucking feel amazing for the rest of the day. And I'm awake. If I don't go to the gym in the morning, I feel shit the rest of the day. I don't feel awake and I feel like angry and whatever. And it's probably some uh, issues I need to sort out with a therapist. Uh, but the gym helps. Uh, I just wish people would it just makes me sad especially because especially things like makeup because I'm like yeah it's nice to look nice and and like feel like attractive whatever but like I know some people that like or when I was younger at least that wouldn't go to fucking the supermarket without makeup on and I was like I know that that's not, it's not them being, well, it is them being vain, but it's not like, it's not them being assholes. It's because, like, we have literally been conditioned to think that, like, how, that your your appearance is so much more important than it is. So, of course, we're going to feel the want to, like, change our bodies and put makeup on. But I really feel that if you, when you prioritize how you feel more than how you look, you do start to look better just through doing that, okay, that's very complicated. But like, what? Okay, so example is, instead of if you wake up and you need two hours to get ready because you shower and then you take you you like you you press snooze for a little while, you eat breakfast and then you shower and you do you blow dry your hair and you do your makeup. Fine, right? But because maybe you feel like maybe you don't want to go out without makeup, whatever. But then imagine if you went to the gym every morning for just an hour instead of spending an hour putting on makeup and then you just put a little bit of makeup on when you came back just like you know I need to put some under my eyes so I don't look dead but but you know you would feel better and you wouldn't I genuinely think it improves your mood you might not feel so insecure if you knew I'm fucking doing something for my health and I'm making myself feel better and that that like radiates I, I genuinely believe that I honestly wish people spent as much time on feeling good and and being healthy mentally as well as like physically as they do just trying to look good um makes me sad because i know that it's no one's it's not it's not the individual's fault it's because we haven't been educated right about a what's important and b like how to live healthily we haven't been educated on that and it's not our parents fault because they weren't either it's the fucking government's fault right um Yeah, no one knows how to... No one knows the bare minimum of nutrition. No one knows. Because we weren't taught and you have to work really hard to find it out. And no one has the time to do that. And no one even knows how important it is to find that out. Because we're not taught that. So, it's no one's fault. But... I'm babbling on now. But it just makes me sad when I know people could be happier. But they're just... They just don't know how and that makes me sad but anyway moral of the story is follow your fucking dreams if you want to be a creative you be a fucking creative try and find a way to do it so that even if you have to have a shitty nine-to-five maybe save for a little bit and then quit and follow your dream of being an actor or something do something crazy because it if if the thought of doing it scares you think about how you'd feel if you never tried like that thought scared me more than being unemployed or not doing what I want to do or, or, you know, that the thought of like never trying to do what I want in life scared me more than, than not having money and not being employed constantly. So if that's how you feel about acting or writing or anything, you should do it even if you're not guaranteed a paycheck. Because at the end of the day, you can economise, you can prioritise. And sometimes it takes being poor to realise what you do and don't need. And that in itself can make you a nicer person. You realise that a lot of this shit is just like surface shit, clothes and what you look like. And I'm, you know, obviously, I'm still fucking vain. And I still like clothes and shoes. But I really don't give a shit that much anywhere near as much as I used to, because I'm like, oh, I would rather spend this money on a week's worth of healthy food than on this really cool jacket, even though this jacket is fucking amazing. So, moral is also, I'm a fucking saint. Everyone should be like me, and uh, if you disagree, you're wrong. Um, So, if you don't think I'm a complete wanker, which most of you will by the end of the podcast... Um, please try and t- and like not think I'm a wanker because I'm not trying to be an arsehole. But uh, but but I do wish someone had told me all this stuff when I was like fourteen and, and miserable. I really really wish someone would have told me this stuff. So, as they say, if they taught one person, it was all worth it.